you're listening to a Mash Those Buttons limited series. Visit us at mashthosebuttons.com. On this episode, we help vindicate an innocent Banuk, help three reckless hunters, and upgrade our arsenal with Varga. Welcome to episode 31 of Lightkeeper Protocol. Welcome to Lightkeeper Protocol, a podcast about our journey through Horizon Zero Dawn and Horizon Forbidden West. I am Jared, but you can call me Ja, and I'm here with Christina, also known as Pop-Tart. Hello. I'd like to give a welcome to any new listeners as well as any returning listeners. Thank you guys very much for taking the time to check out Lightkeeper Protocol, and we'd love to hear what you have to say about the show and about the game. So join us at mash.gg slash discord, where we have channels dedicated to Horizon Zero Dawn and Forbidden West. So. Uh, so what did we talk about last time? Well, last time we talked about some side quests in the cut, and that's what we're going to be doing today. We're going to be finishing up all of the side quests and some of the errands in the cut or the Forbidden, oh, I was going to say the Forbidden West, sorry, the, the Frozen <laughs> Wilds DLC. And then, yeah, that's that's going to be it for Horizon quests and stories and stuff like that. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, let's just kind of hop right into it. Let's talk Frontier Justice, which is this is one of my favorite side quests in the game, I think. Uh, not necessarily because it's like a really, really good side quest, but mainly because of the character. Yes, I agree. I like the character that they put into this one. I hope to see him again. Yeah, absolutely. So Aloy, <laughs> uh, she uh, walks, she, you know, walks into a Banuk hunter that is in the process of being exiled, or maybe he's on trial for exile, if you want to say so. But his name is Inatut. And he has been accused of murder. He's a, specifically, he's been accused of murdering a Karja. And he tries to defend himself against the chieftain, but a chieftain and shaman, but they're really not having it. And he even asked the chieftain, is like, oh, don't you recognize me from this tooth you knocked out of my mouth? Like, I'm your favorite fighter. And I think she says, like, you are my favorite, but still doesn't really uh, jive with him. But, uh, you know, he, he talks to Aloy and he says, uh, she's like, well, did you? They're saying that you're you're accused of murder. And he's like, well, it must be true because they said it. And she's like, that's not how it works with me. <laughs> you know, so. And by the way, like, this is obvious, this is still not her business because it's not her Werak. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that. This is a completely different Werak. I didn't really realize that for some reason I thought that camp was like just all of our talks Werak. I didn't for some reason think that there would be multiple Weraks within that town uh, he did say that he says early in the dlc that they have the multiple warracks there i i remembered that after i got here i was like oh yeah because i they only you only see him i guess for a really long time well he has the the main warrack there they're the ones who are there with a purpose and that's to take you know the fight to this to the spirit of the daemon right so yeah that makes sense but, uh, you know, the story goes that he got challenged by a Karja outlander. Not surprising, because Karja is, you know, they're, they're the supremacists of the game. <laughs> and they got into a fight. And he says they traded punches, but before he knew it, they, he was waking up in the morning with the Karja next to him with his head cracked open. And he says that, you know, 
he uh normally he's kind of called on to fight for the honor of the Warwick. And sometimes he has to throw fights for appearances. So it's not uncommon for him to 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 fight, right? Uh and Aloy thinks they're letting him take the fall because they don't want trouble with the Carger, which is kind of true. So it's it's kind of like a political thing, you know. And um he tells Aloy that the Carger actually got the best of him. Uh he was like too drunk to fight. And he said that he got his ears clapped and he took a swing and went down. But he says it couldn't have been a, a killing blow, you know. Uh, and as a punishment for killing the Karja, he's actually going to be taken up to the cloud shear and left almost naked. Like He's going to be stripped down. And if he survives, uh, he will be absolved. So this is how Banu Candle exiles. Like, it's not like a Nora exiles. Like, well, you're exiled for five years or ten years or... For life or something like that. They just say, okay, well, we're going to strip you down. And if you survive this, then you're not guilty. <laughs> I like how every, uh, I keep trying to say tribe, every um, different people, like the Osram. Tribes. And the yeah, yeah, tribes. They're, they're all okay. considered tribes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like how the different tribes deal with them all very differently. Like talking to Geneva, right? Sunstone Rock. Yeah. So she's like, yeah, we used to, I forget what she said, like put them in the sun, like bury them up to, what did she say? So there's a couple things that the cards are doing. I don't know if it's better or worse than what the Banuk do. Because, yeah. and we don't even know what the, we don't even know what the Asaram do yet. I'm pretty sure but, they just chop people's hands off. So uh, where'd you get that from? I don't know. I, that just seems oh, yeah, like a very kinda, Asaram I, thing to do. I thought you, I thought you, you read that somewhere. I was like, where'd you find that? <laughs> <laughs> but, um, so the Karja, they try people by the sun. So what Geneva was talking about was that they bury them up to their necks and uh, and then just leave them out for the sun. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess like they can live through that. And then we learn later, uh, actually, when we go talk to the people in the Karja camp, that their trial is to fill the mouth of the person with salt and then face them toward the sun for days. That's the trial. That's the, that's how that's the, that's their uh, proper trial. They're gonna say. Like I said, we're gonna get to that in a minute. Yeah, I, I guess I I can't. I don't know what's worse. I I don't know what's worse because if you do survive up on you know being naked, basically, right? Yeah, you could be you know severely frostbitten, lose some limbs or whatever. So you're losing something either way. But I you guess. can survive it, like the. The Karja method feels more like witch trials to me. Yeah. Like, yeah, we're going to throw you in this lake, and if you you float, you're a witch. Then we're, then we're going to burn you. But if you don't float, then you're going to die. But hey, you know, you won't. You're not <laughs> it's a, a witch sacrifice anymore. they're willing to make. Exactly. Or as I said, it's for the truth. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Always for the truth. So, Aloy, she says she's going to go look into it. The, the fight happened right outside of a Karja camp. So, obviously, she's going to go investigate. And at the Karja camp, she speaks with, I think it's Farani. And you can actually meet this person earlier in the DLC. Like, you kind of probably walk through their camp when you're going to meet uh, Naltuk. I would, probably. You can find other ways to get to Naltuk, but you're probably going to take this way, <laughs> honestly. And uh, she's kind of like, yo, it's an open and shut case. You know, a drunk Banuk picked a fight with Ruas, which is the name of the Karja that got killed, and struck him from behind and stole his headdress. And then when Aloy says that Enetit says he's innocent, you know, she's like, oh, well, you'll never get anything out of the Banuk. 
And like I said, she's upset that they won't hand him over for a proper trial. And that's the one where they, they, they put salt in their mouth and hold him up to the sun for days. And the Karja priest is like, he's like, well, you know, it might, if, if it's mild, then it might only take his sight or wit, you know? It's just, like, oh, so know, he's going to be only. blind or crazy? <laughs> you know? I'm like, come on now. So, um, you do find out that several hunters have died there over the past few seasons. And she says the bodies have never recovered and the Banuk aren't helping. And then the Aloy, she asks what the crime scene is. And uh, Ferrani doesn't, uh, she doesn't think she's going to be able to find anything because like tramplers came through. Plus it's like really windy. When you get down there, it's super windy. There's like snow being pushed on top of it. And but Aloy's like, you know, I'll go take a look in here. It's like, I'm a really good tracker. Uh, so a lot of the focus. But um, she uses the focus to investigate, and she finds out there were more than two people at the scene. She also finds out that the Karja died because he got hit with a branch behind the head, like from behind, which... I don't understand how she found this stuff out, especially with machines that, like, trampled the area. Right, yeah, because the focus only helped to find the evidence. (laughs) So she found the blood. She did find the branch, but I don't know how she determined that he got hit from behind. With the with the branch. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. I also don't know. Like, so she also finds some debris from a tree and determined that it was made because somebody climbed up the tree. <laughs> you know, it could have been any animals like a squirrel or something like that. The fact that it's super windy over there. Two people fought. Maybe they hit ran into the tree. Like, you know, nothing like that. She's like, oh, no, somebody climbed up the tree. And so she climbs up the tree and she finds a trail and, you know. She follows the trail to a hidden Banuke camp, and there are three warriors there. And uh, as, as you're getting close, you can hear them kind of talking about it, because one's like, oh, another card are dead. And then somebody says something like, yeah, but like a, a Banuke's going to be exiled for it. And the other one's like, it was worth it. <laughs> like, you know. And uh, as soon as they see you, they, they attack on sight. You fight them, and you defeat them. And one named Rakul is still alive. So Aloy goes to talk to him. He admits they've been killing Karja for revenge. They want uh, revenge for their fallen kin from the Red Raids. And not just the Red Raids, or like, you know, from, from the war. And, you know, he says the ones who fought, you know, he says the ones that fought don't get to decide uh, when one tribe stops hating another. You know, and so basically those who actually fought don't get a, a choice in the matter when they tell you to stop fighting, stop fighting, even if you want to keep fighting. Uh, but either way, as you're talking, you hear that Banuke horn, the one that they, you know, blew for you when you were coming up the mountain. So it's a multi, <laughs> it's a multi-purpose horn. It's Love a multi-purpose Banuke horn. Yeah. They blew it when you were coming up the mountain. They blew it to call the Glint Hawks. They blew it to signal exile. How do the Glint Hawks know to come? That's <laughs> a good question. Maybe they always just come no matter what. Maybe they came <laughs> because there was scrap in, in the... That's the most logical explanations, but we'll just go with that. All right, cool. So, uh, but that horn, like I said, it means that uh, uh, he's been exiled. Like, it's been done. Like, he's where he's supposed to be for the exile. So, um, it doesn't, and it's not made clear if Rakul actually dies or not, because he says, let's see who the cold takes first, but then you just can't talk to him anymore. I mean, at least with that Nora that was out (laughs) in the sacred lands, they gave you the cut, the, uh, 
the opportunity to actually see him die. Like you talked to him one time, he's like, "Oh, you can't help me. Go ahead." And you talk to him the second, time, he's like, "Didn't I tell you, you can't help me?" <laughs> <laughs> I tried to shoot him, and you couldn't. You couldn't shoot him to kill him. Good. Um. So uh, yeah, Aloy. She looks around for more evidence, and she finds some trophies, the headdress, and the cartridge armor. So she basically has everything that she needs to prove that, and it's it's innocent. But she actually she wants to go to the mountain. She wants to go to the cloud chair to help him or to find him. And she does. There's some Glint Hawks on the way, but you know, nothing uh you know, nothing too bad. Uh but um she finds and said hiding from the wind behind a rock in his underwear only. And she gives him the card to close to warm him up, and you know, two and and, and some demonic stalkers and two frost claws show up after that. Now, I will say this is kind of a small area for a two cross call fight, but it was manageable. So I had a little bit of a different experience with this because one of the frost claws smacked me into a tree and I couldn't move from the tree the entire fight. And when it was over, I couldn't get out of the tree. I had to teleport and climb back up. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> yep. I could so only shoot uh, slings at them, too, because the arrows kept getting stuck in the, the leaves. And the, Oh, wow. That is rough. I probably would have just restarted from a save. No, it's too I, determined. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I guess they couldn't get to you in the tree. So that the, was a bummer. The only thing that they could hit me with was, like, the underground spike thing, which is annoying because it does, like, damage over time. Yeah. But I had enough healing stuff. I was fine. And defense. I was good. Yeah, I mean, I just, I, you know, my, I, I just, I, I tied one down while I fought the other one. That was pretty much it. So. Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't even tie them down. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, and the forge fire was super helpful. <laughs> the, the forge fire was super helpful there. So, um, Aloy, she tells him that the other Banute killed Ross and he, you know, they killed him because he was Karja, simply that. And, and it's a, he actually seems a little conflicted because he tells Aloy he took the first swing because Ross challenged the honor of the Banuke. And based on his response, it almost sounds like he doesn't think it was worth it after learning that what the other Banuke did, because it definitely wasn't honorable, right? Like, they didn't mm -hmm. fight him face to face. They waited until, you know, they it's the opportune time, and then they fought him, guerrilla style. You know, that, that doesn't seem to be the Banuke way. But, I mean, technically speaking, anything goes because survive and prevail, right? So. Right. And, uh, yeah, he says needs a little time to think, and he'll meet you at the, he'll meet you back at Song's Edge. So yeah, at this point, uh, he survived the encounter, and by Banuqua, he is no longer guilty. But Aloy still wants to prove his innocence that he was innocent in the first place. And Aloy goes back to Song's Edge and presents the proof to the chieftain and the shaman. And the shaman just justifies it. He justifies the exile by saying that Enetit was guilty of their suspicion. What Wait, does that like, come on. mean? Like, what does that mean? Like, <laughs> like you can't. I mean, you can't be guilty of suspicion. Like. Right. You're, su you're suspected of a crime, like, and that's what the trial process is for. It, you know. It's so dumb. I hate them so much. Yeah, well, that really upset Aloy, but when at, right after that, Enetit shows up and the chieftain tells him that he looks ridiculous, and she says, if you're going to return to my Warwick or her Warwick, that he needs to behave as a Banuke does, and he kind of snaps back at her because he says, how does a Banuke behave uh, like he did accepting punishment for a crime he didn't commit or like the others who killed the Karja in cold blood for crimes that he did not commit the Karja. And he says, you know, what he wears is not what makes him Banuke and he walks away. 
And then the chief then tells Aloy, like, it'll be best for him to think less. And Aloy's like, whatever, I'll go talk to him, but not for you. So now Aloy, she goes and talks to Anita, and he's confused to what, as to what to do. Like, he says it sounds like he, it feels like he's being pounded in the guts. And he says he can walk away, but once his anger is calmed down, what does he have? Where does he go? And that's when you get a flashpoint. And I don't know, do all the side quests have flashpoints? Because this one and the Hunter's 3 definitely has flashpoints toward the end. Yeah, that one did. The Survivor did. Waterlog did not. Yeah, Waterlog did not. So, So, yeah, the other three did, though. Right. So you can either say you don't owe the Warwick anything, uh, go where you feel you belong, or maybe you're in a good position. So which one did you pick? I said, go where you feel you belong. And, you know, Aloy is like, you can decide for yourself what it means to be Banuk. Might not be what the chieftain and the shaman tell you. Uh, So whether you stay with this Warwick or find another. And he says, I'm better with decisions. Like, do I start with the left or with the right? But when he says that, he like puts (laughs) up one fist and then the other. So I thought that was kind of cute. But uh, I don't know how far this goes, but she says that, you know, there's more to you than your fist. That's why I believed you. Right. Well, he said, like, I think if this uh, in this one, he goes back to the chief to, to the tribe or to the chieftain because he says the chieftain taught him that Banuk don't need to be treacherous when the ice is treacherous enough. So it's, it's a lesson about honesty. And if you actually yeah, if you choose this option, the chieftain will apl- apologize to him later. Like you can you can walk up on them and they're they're, they're having a conversation. I'm assuming you. I did not, not talk though. No, I didn't. No. Okay, because there's um, a there's a, there's something that happens based on your reaction. Like there's an act on each reaction. So uh, if you do, maybe you're in a good position, which is the intellect option. Uh, she says that you know if he stays, it should be on his terms, and he earned his place in the Warwick, so they should have to earn him back. And if you choose that option. You know, because he also says that his song is not done and everybody's going to know his song. So if you choose that option, you find him telling the story to other Banuke of what happened. That's what you see. And if you go talk to him, he then he gives you credit. He's like, oh, she did most of the work and you have like another cut scene. What? Uh, yeah, with him. And uh, yeah, so Aloy backs up his claim because they don't believe him. Then when he was saying what he was saying, like, oh, two frost claws, no way, you know. Now, I picked, you don't owe the Warwick anything. And she says the Warwick doesn't decide who he is. And, you know, there's so much out there beyond the Banuke borders. And she's like, you can probably, you can make it out there if you want to. And then he says he doesn't know what he'd be fighting for. And Aloy says, you can fight for yourself. And he says, well, that has a good echo to it. You know, I can shout it from all the unknown mountaintops. If you choose that option, he joins you at Meridian. I didn't even know that. Yeah, if you do that, he joins you at Meridian, and he's still wearing Karja clothes. <laughs> new Karja clothes, though, like not like well, maybe not new, but like at least washed. But he's wearing Karja clothes. Uh, so, and also, I I don't know what happens if you go and talk to the Karja after you find out after you get the evidence. But I talked to the Karja after. The, the the whole thing was over. And she tells you that he came back with the cards closed. Like they thought they were seeing a ghost. At least the, the sun priest did. And he came back and explained what happened. And he gave him the headdress back. 
And then they tell you about Ruas because he explains to them they killed, you know, he, he explains that the other Banu killed the Karja because of the Red Raids. And the thing about Ruash, you find out that he was uh, a fighter in the um, in the Liberation. That's what you find out about him. Like he was actually a fighter in the Liberation, so he didn't even like he didn't even agree with the Red Raids. Huh? Yeah. So it was all for nothing. Oh, uh, so much more to that. I wish they had because I forget I'm done something. And I'm like, oh, time to go. Yeah. So I wish they had like at least a little marker. That says like, oh, this NPC has more to say. Yeah, especially with the timetable we were on. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, because I actually was um, I I went back way later too. Like I just thought about it. I was like, wonder if they say anything because he she asks for the headrest and the headrest, you know, was, the headdress. Yeah, oh headdress. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> she asked for it, and then I was like, that's right, I forgot she asked for it, and I went back because I was going to see if Aloy gives it back to her, but no, like he had already given it back to her. So, but. Yeah, I mean, no matter what option you pick, he gives you a gift, which I think is Blue Gleam, and then you guys part ways. So, yeah, that was a good quest. I, I like that character. I hope he shows up. I hope my ending was canon. <laughs> <laughs> because, like, it, it'd be really cool to see him in the, the Forbidden West. I feel like he, after that, would probably leave the Warwick anyway. I, I think he's, like, starting to think now, and he's like, oh, you know, I've done... All of the things that they don't want to be done slash public, I guess. Like, I've been the one to do that for them, and this is how they treated me. Like, yeah, I'm out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think that's... It'll be a good a good reason for him to actually leave, so... Yeah. All right, so let's move on to the Hunters 3 as a side quest. It starts with Bergrand, and he's worried about a group of Banuke hunters he outfitted with equipment. Uh, they needed equipment for a long journey, so he did it on credit. He says he was sentimental. Uh, but uh, they tried repaying him with a Thunderjaw heart, but it was like in really bad shape. It was like smoking and everything. <laughs> and he says he hasn't. He sent them to get more parts to repay him, but he hasn't heard from them since uh, they went to go get the parts. So he points out it's unusual that they were traveling without a shaman. It's just three hunters. He says hunters bring the machines down and the shamans chop them up. Uh, and this is why the Thunder Jar is in bad shape. Or the Thunder Jar heart was in bad shape because they didn't know how to actually, you know, take it out. And Ber- Bergrand, he overheard them talking about the Sundom, so he thinks they're running away from something. And obviously, Aloy agrees to check on them. Other than that, we wouldn't be talking about this. And Bergrand says that they were supposed to go get a Scorcher Claw, a loop, a loop of sinew from a Stalker, and a Snap Moth Fang. So. Aloy finds the hunters. It's actually on your way to Long Notch. You can see them and start this quest if you mm-hmm. want to. I just passed them by because I'm like, I don't feel like dealing with those two control towers right there. <laughs> I because talked to are... them on the way. Uh, okay, yeah, there are two control towers there. I didn't even want to get involved anywhere near it, so I, I didn't. And um, yeah, they're preparing to attack a scorcher. So you walk up to him, and one of the hunters, Tatai, she calls Bergrind a, a con artist, which there is no reason for this ever given in this di- in, in this entire side quest. She calls him a con artist, and she's like, oh, he sent you to come get what he's owed. But I'm like, why did she call you a con artist? Like, why did he call, she call him a con artist? Like, he did nothing. I guess, right? I guess maybe because they brought the heart back in bad condition, and they're like, well, you have the heart. Like, what more do you want? But even later, she admits that like she knew they knew it was in bad shape. 
because the other one, Urkai, he says, oh, it's, it's like, because well, I, I think Aloy says something about the, the heart being shattered. And he's like, it's not shattered. It was in two pieces. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's I, like, I don't get it. Can't you just put it back together? <laughs> I think she just doesn't want to admit. She's probably just mad and doesn't want to talk to any other, uh, not outcast, outlander. Right. Yeah. So, you know, Aloy says, you know, if you want to contain this on broken junk, then, yeah, you can go ahead and do this yourself. But, you know, that's when Urkai says, what do you mean? It wasn't like it wasn't shadows in two pieces. Um, but, uh, you know, Tolmac, he looks like the oldest one, says they need to take down the pack soon because it's going to be heading. It's going to be leaving. So they should take Aloy's help. And then Tatai's like, all right, well, if you want it, then lead the way. So she's being like pretty prickly here. And I mean, there's standard stuff. I just took down two control towers, fought the scor- scorcher, and there's two long legs. Right? No, no big deal. Especially after having the ice rail. If you do this before getting the ice rail, eh, actually, I don't even know if you can get this before you get the ice rail. Uh, yeah, I didn't. I shoot. When did I do it? I went up there before the main quest took you. Quote unquote, main quest took you up there, right? Because I was just exploring, but I can't remember. Who wait? Who is the one that gives you the ice rail? I'm trying to think. That's when you. Aratok? That's when you. Yeah, when you beat Aratok in. Uh, okay, then you definitely can yeah. do it before you get the ice rail because I did not do the Aratok stuff yet when mm-hmm. I did this. Okay. Well, after you have the ice rail, if you have like it's super easy to do because scorchers are no no big deal. But uh, yeah, after you get the Scorch Claw, you can talk to him again. And Tatai's like, oh, they didn't actually need your help. And Aloy disagrees because they clearly don't know how to strip parts. And like I said, then she brings up the Shattered, shattered Thunderjaw Heart. And Urkai is like, oh, it was only broken in two. And then that's when Tatai is like, because he said, can't you just put it back together? And Tatai's like, no, you just can't put it back together. Uh, so you do find out that they are planning on leaving Banuclan because they had a, you know, quote unquote, disagreement with the old chieftain. Uh, and they could because they thought someone else should be in charge and he disagreed, but they didn't really get into the details here. But Aloy does agree to go with them on their next hunt. And uh, during this conversation, Tatai calls that like they're you know, the three of them, the bloody snowdrifts. And the other two are like, yeah, that doesn't really work out. There's a lot of bad names floating around in this one. <laughs> I like it. I like the bloody snowdrifts. You like the bloody snowdrifts? <laughs> well, it's better than the other ones. That is true. It's better than the next <laughs> ones that come up. So we'll, we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, the next two places you have to go, like to get the Stalker Sendu and, and the Snap Maw Fang. And I mean, it's really nothing special about the areas. It's more about the conversations, right? Because both are near at least one control tower. And there's nothing. You just go deactivate the towers and then you fight the demonic machines. And one of the machines is going to have what you want. That's yeah. it. So I, I would definitely say the more important thing is what you find out at each area. So, you know, after you get the Stalker Sinu, you can talk to Urkai and he tells you about Nukoni. And she was a friend of theirs who challenged the chieftain for control of the Werek because the current chieftain was kind of power hungry. Like he had to like lick his boots to get on good hunts and also probably to get good food and other stuff. And it was it's believed that she was murdered by the chieftain during the challenge because the chieftain wasn't nearly as good of a hunter as she was. And then they found her on the trail with her neck snap. So they think there's some foul play there. And they left because it was known they were supporters of Nukoni. So that's why they left and they're running away from that. And they were in Banner, not the cut at the time. 
but they're running away so that you know their old Warwick doesn't come after them or their old chieftain doesn't come after them specifically uh but Urkai he had two failed names here <laughs> he had the flaming skulls in the beginning and then the burning turkeys so he has a theme here it's fire his, his theme is fire I honestly when they when he said burning turkeys it took me a second to realize why he was saying that because I thought he was calling Karja burning turkeys because of like their outfits and you know they're in the sun I guess and then it hit me like Oh my god, is that the name? Is that what he it was that just a su- suggestion for a that name? That was a suggested name, yeah. Like yeah. yeah. Exactly. So yeah, the both of those flop. Nobody liked those. Even though I think Tool Mook said good try on the first one, but yeah. that was it. <laughs> yeah, so uh yeah, uh after that you get a uh you'd go to get the Snap Maw thing. And uh, you talk to Tulmok, and he thanks you for lending a hand. And they tell you that Natoni, no, sorry, Nakoni had a dream where everyone in the Warwick pulls their own weight and takes care of each other. No shamans, no chieftains. And Aloy suggests that they actually go talk to uh, Burgrind. And he can either teach them how to harvest parts, or he can introduce them to somebody who does know how to harvest the parts. And you know, they start having this conversation about they're not sure what's going to happen to them or what they'll become. And they ask Aloy what she'll remember about them. And now you get a flashpoint. Uh, you can either say um, what you fight for. You can say what you endured or what you've accomplished. So which one did you? I said what you've endured. And I didn't like this one. It was too sappy. Right. Like sometimes the compassion ones are really good. But this one was like a little too sappy. But she says, right. you know, you lost someone that you care about. So that leaves a wound, the sort of wound that people don't recover from. Sorry. It just I was like, oh, my God, please. Uh, <laughs> and then Satai's like, yeah, but we've got scars to show for it. Or we've got nothing but scars to show for it. And she's like, yeah, that's the point. Only survivors scar. After everything you've been through, you keep going. Yeah, that one was a bit weak. Even the scars of the North, I thought was a, a weak name. Do they the name change that, depending on the answer? They do. Oh my they goodness! Do. Yeah, so scars of the North is the is the name that they call themselves if you choose that uh, that line or that that flashpoint. Uh, so if you choose what you've accomplished, which is the intellect option, she talks about all the machines they took down since they left the Warrick, and. I think she brings up the thunder, the, uh, the thunder jaw, and they're like, "Yeah, but it, the heart was shattered." And she's like, "Yeah, but you still took down the thunder jaw." And then Urkai's like, "Oh, we should call ourselves the Shattered Hearts." That's what. <laughs> that's, that's what worse. What? And they're like, "Oh yeah, I like that." Like what? Like <laughs> you could want flaming skulls for that? Okay. Yeah. These are all like emo band names. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Now, I chose the aggressive option, which is what you fight for. And Aloy says they do more than just survive. They fight for what they believe in. And they start talking about Nakoni. And they call themselves Nakoni's Arrows. That one makes sense. That one's kind of cool, yeah. That one actually makes sense. It's like, okay, Nakoni. I think that's the canon one, if I had to pick one to be canon. I hope so. Yeah, because it makes the most sense. Like, I don't know. Maybe they, it really felt on this one like they were just kind of squeezing, trying to find, find a way. To ha- Do we We need to get a flashpoint in here. Yeah. Yeah, that one didn't. The the options weren't that great. It did feel kind of out of place. Right. Yeah. So. But um, 
yeah, after you finish talking to them, they go about their way. Aloy talks to Berggrind later, and he's, well, one, he's happy to get paid, because he's now, he's like, oh, now I can pay off my debts. And he actually sent them to Otor in the Sundom to learn how to salvage parts. So Otor was the guy who gave us the quest to come into the Frozen Wilds in the first place. That's that guy. Oh, okay. I knew the name sounded familiar, but there's no way I was going to pull that from my memory banks. Yeah, that's what it was. So at first I was like, is he talking about the guy from the dam who's Gildand, not Otor? And I was like, no, no. I was like... Yeah, I was like, it's, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, it's it's Otur from uh, you know, Day Day Tower. So, and then he gives you blue gleam, and you go about your way. So that ends that quest, the Hunters Three. Does he say anything different depending on their names? Because like, yes, he does. Okay, because for he me, he says whatever their name is. Oh, okay, so but it's like basically the same line. It's the same line, yeah. Okay. Which is, you know, those crazy Banook are calling themselves the blah, 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 which is the, the Shattered Hearts, yeah. <laughs> the, the Scars, scars of the North. Of the North. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. Uh, so, yeah, that's all the side quests. Now we just kind of have, like, you know, errands and collectibles. You know, we're not, not going to really talk about all the collectibles, because we did talk about the paint a bit. Um, the other collectible there is the animal figurines. And I just want to talk about it because I just think this area is funny. Like, it's, 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 it's a pretty funny engagement. I love this guy. Yeah, so the animal figurines, you can find their spot on the map uh, at the old visitor center for Yellowstone. And you find Injuk there. Um, and he calls it the Shrine of the Forgotten Beasts. And he says, if you take the animal totem and place it on the pedestals, the beasts are painted into the air and live again, which basically they're these animal figurines we, that, you know, that obviously you, you collect around the map. And if you take them there and place them on the pedestal, it makes a hologram appear. And he says this is done by the great Montana recreations, <laughs> <laughs> which is the best part of this of this area. And Injuk says he was a great man, a student of the natural world, the finest natural scholar of the old world ever produced. It's obviously a company name, like right. It's obviously a company name, um, and he says he hopes one day to earn the name Injuk Recreations. <laughs> I like how he says he has a theory about the fact that foxes have red fur because they eat bloody meat. Yes, that was funny. Like, <laughs> and, but the thing is, I think it kind of just shows what his logic that you're going to see throughout the the figurines because he uses the same exact logic. When the, the, the figurines pop up, you know, so I, I, if you activate the grizzly bear, you know, and Juk is like, you, if Aloy is like, oh, I wouldn't want to meet that in person. And Injuk, oh, it's no. So Aloy says something about being a great hunter. And then Injuk says, I was like, maybe in its youth, it's like, then you hear it, it's old and grizzled. It's past its prime <laughs> or something <laughs> like that. It's hunting days are behind it. And then uh, what else? Oh, the mule deer. He says, he says that it has horns. So that could take down its prey instead of sharp fangs. Mm-hmm. You know. The the um moose says that, oh, his his uh horns must be so large so he can blend in with the trees. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I didn't get all the animal figurines. So I oh, didn't really? That one. The the the, yeah. the only one he was like on point with was the wolf. And he is like, Oh man, could it be that these wolves and our foxes foxes are the same somehow? 
maybe like after hundreds of winters. No, that's ridiculous. Yeah. But like, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's funny. The announcer voice is funny. It's like a, it's almost like a, it's like a monster truck announcer voice. You know, like, <laughs> I dude, I love it so much because he's just like the else's else's the noble moose brought to you by Montana recreations. <laughs> just like, yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Everyone, like no matter how calmly he says it, he's like the majestic American black bear brought to you Montana recreations. <laughs> like, like that's what it was just so funny. Like I will listen to them just for that part because you knew it was coming. It was coming. The cougar too. He was like, Oh, I wonder if they're sand color because they're burrowing animals. So they like blend in with their environment. <laughs> <laughs> he said his teeth were for digging. Oh my goodness. Uh, yeah. This is, this is the funniest area possibly in the game like that i think about it. i don't think i've like like chuckled and laughed so much from like hearing somebody talk you know it was good yeah i mean the the fun the before that the funniest person was the guy with the ancient vessels with the cups he was like oh they're for the for the sacred art of shaving yeah <laughs> yeah so could you use them for no. drinking no yeah, exactly. <laughs> Who would do that with such finely crafted earthenware? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that that was funny. That's that's a nice little spot to go to. Um, and I'm so did he give you like blue gleam or something after you got him all the figurines? Yeah, it, it's just another loot box situation. So he just gives uh, you the gotcha. boxes. Gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. All right, let's move on to the claws beneath, which is actually an errand. And you run to Umnak at the Long Notch, and he's heard about you and needs your help. Uh, he used to be known as Umnak the Hunter of Legendary Machines, and he tells Aloy about a machine called the Claws Beneath. And the wearer came to him about the claws because of his song, because he was this legendary hunter. And he's uh, says, uh, you know, its defeat would have given his song a fine end, but now he's too old to hunt it. And he thinks Aloy can take it down. And, you know, Aloy does ask if uh, hunting in someone's place is a new custom. And he says no. And he like he says, he's, I mean, it sounds like he just wants to make sure that the machine is destroyed. Uh, if he went to hunt it himself, he would just die and no one else would know about it, essentially. You know, so he wants to make sure that this machine gets destroyed. He says normally he would go ahead and do the Banuke thing and go ahead and die. But, but he says he, this really needs to be. Uh, taken care of because uh, you know he hunted the claws before with his chieftain, but his chieftain ended up dying, and now he wants to complete the hunt to honor his chieftain. So, but uh, he's, he tells Aloy to he, you know he agrees. Oh, Aloy agrees to hunt the claws, and he tells Aloy it's on the northeast edge of the cut. He also says this, this thing only shows up like once every six years. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious, like, what are rock breakers doing during that time, or are they made, or is it moving around? Like, does it do something to the soil, or does it do something to the area, and then move on? <laughs> you know, about maybe its I didn't actually look that up. I was too concerned about the surprise of it being a rock breaker. I didn't even think of why it would only be there every six years. <laughs> right. Yeah. I guess I got a little ahead of myself because that's what the claws are. It's a rock breaker. It's a demonic rock breaker specifically. Not only is it a demonic rock breaker, it's a demonic rock breaker that is near a control tower. Now, in my case, I had already deactivated that control tower. 
So I got there, and as soon as I touched the ground, I see the ground rumble. I'm like, okay, well, I know what this is. And I start fighting it, <laughs> and I just, you know, fight like a normal rock breaker. Christina, I don't think you had that same experience. No. So I dropped down first time I'm there, so the control tower is still up. And it's funny because watching the video, I know what's going to happen, obviously. And I'm like, there's a rock breaker mound right there. And I didn't even like I didn't even know until he like jumped up. I'm like, what could be over here? I don't see any frost claws. No, I was wrong. It wasn't that bad, though, I think, because I knew and I know how to play the game at this point because the rock breakers I played before were like when I first started getting into it. Right. So it wasn't a problem. It took me two tries to get the control tower. I kind of just kept throwing sticky grenades on him and he kept getting stunned. The best part, though, is when I killed him because of the sticky grenades, he died underground, but he still had to have the unburrowing animation yeah. to come out. So he's like flying in the air and Ailey's like, well, that takes care of that. <laughs> As he's still burrowing out of the ground. I was like, what? He's dead. I've had another I've had rock breakers die underground from like a dot or something like that. I don't know what is the dot was, but it dies. Or well, I've actually taken the health down while it's above ground, but it's in the process of going down mm-hmm. and then it comes immediately back up and it's like, ah, you know, <laughs> so, yeah. So that's what the cause beneath was like, I was like, I, 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 when I went there the first time, I was like, I knew this area was closed off for, <laughs> for reason. a reason. Yeah. <laughs> but I didn't know why, because the control tower was super easy too, because it was near a bunch of uh, tramplers. That were not demonic, I don't think. I don't think the tramplers were demonic. And I just went over there. I overrode it and then walked out. And that was it. Like, I was like, okay. Well, that, that, they that, were tramplers in the arena? Yeah. Like, they were all they were all the way on the other side of the arena. Oh. they were. I mean, obviously, yeah. they weren't there for me when I fought them. I don't think no, they... No. I think they despawned. Not. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's what was there for me. But they didn't bother me at all. You know, because there's not there's no cover in that area either. Right. So, yeah, they didn't bother me at all. And I just went and deactivated it. And then that was it. So I almost got my almost got like beat, but beat up by a frost claw and three scorches on my way up there. That was the worst part of it. I just run past <laughs> them. I'm just like, oh, hello. Goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> when I went up there the first time, a frost claw ran right at me like I was going up the hill and it just ran over the hill. Oh. And I was like, what the? And I had to immediately turn back around. So, but I got up there eventually. But after you destroy it, you go talk to Umnak again. And, you know, he says people rarely live up to their songs, but you're an, ex- uh, an exception. And he's happy that his friends are avenged and he gives you Blue Gleam. And that's it. Everybody's giving you Blue Gleam, you know? Yeah, I didn't. I don't think you get anything for collecting all the Blue Gleam on the map. It was very abundant. Yeah, from quests and stuff like that. You, I did end up getting all of the weapons because of the, doing the side quests and stuff like that. So. Oh, yeah, same. I was hunting for Blue Gleam just a little bit before I was getting all this Blue Gleam from quests. And they're always like in bundles of like three to five or something like that. Right. So you get so much. And I didn't even get all the Blue Gleam from Meridian because there's a Blue Gleam vendor in Meridian. Oh, yeah. I I forgot. There is. Maybe I bought some from that. Maybe that's why I had so many. (laughs) Well, you have to trade for it. I just can't remember what you have to trade. I just can't. I I, I can't remember what you have to trade for. You can't buy it, but you you can trade for it. Well, that's what I mean. I I remember seeing it. I don't know if I was like, oh, this will be common handy one day. I don't know. 
Nah. So, I mean, I, when, I forgot about Blue Gleam until I saw it. I was like, oh, yeah, that's what you have to use to get the, for the, uh, the Frozen Wilds weapon. So I yeah, got which like, is one box of it. But Weird that it would still be fine in Meridian because when I was harvesting it one time, she was like, oh, it's Blue Gleam or just really frozen machine oil or machine fluid. Right, yeah. So how does it not melt in Meridian? But whatever. I don't know, man. Magic. Game magic. But... All right, so let's move on to Geared Up, which is another Aaron. This is actually three different Aarons. Uh, in Long Notch, you meet Bergrin's daughter, Varga, who's, who's, who's pretty cool. She talks a lot like Bergrin. Um, but uh, she's a weaponsmith, and she doesn't want to make boring bows or spears like the Banuk want. And she says she hasn't had any commissions in a month, but would love to get her hands on something like an Ice Rail or a Storm Slinger. And she tells you she built a weapon that spits fire, but that didn't go well. That's the weapon that you get from the bandit in uh, in the bandit camp, the bandit leader. But at this point, I had all three weapons. Uh, I think you did too, right? No, actually, I so I talked to her while I was exploring, going that direction. The reason why I did the hunters three was because I was getting to that camp that was up there. Because right. it's on the way of that. I think that was the one. Regardless, I only had Araya's weapon. How did you... So you went to the Long Notch before... Okay, so you were exploring. So you went to the Long Notch before you you did the Aratok. Yes. And she was available, but uh, the... What's his name from the from the Claws Beneath? Did not pop up until after I uh, became the Werak. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. I didn't go there until I had all three. So, uh, you know, what she, she tells you, you know, she looks at each weapon and she, there's something she can improve on each of them, you know, and she tells you she needs a Thunderjaw mandible to improve the ice rail. She needs a Stormbird talon to improve the storm slinger and a Bellbat snout to improve the forge fire. Now for the Stormbird and the Thunderjaw, she'll join you on the hunt. But did you actually have to go on the hunt with her for the Thunderjaw? Because we fought one going into uh, the, the, the Cauldron. We fought one going into Firebreak. Yes, because I didn't have the weapon, so she didn't say what she needed to upgrade it. Oh. Uh, well, no, to get into Firebreak, well, I guess you just didn't talk to her again. Because to get into Firebreak, you have to have the Ice Rail. What did I have when I talked? Yeah, to get into Firebreak, you have to have the Ice Rail. Maybe it was an Aureas. Maybe it was the Forge Fire. I I don't know. Uh, it didn't give it to me. Because hmm. well, yeah, the you have like yeah, you have to have the Ice Rail to get into. Because uh, other than that, Aratok's not going to let you go to Thunder's Drum. Oh, I had the Storm Slinger. Yeah, that's. Her. Yeah, the Storm Slinger. You had to have the Ice Rail. No, I only had the Storm Slinger. The Ice Rail is what you get from Aratok. The Storm Singer yeah. is what you get from Araya. Yes, but that's what I'm saying. Like, so yeah, so you so you didn't talk to Varga before you went to Thunder's Drum. No, because I didn't realize what uh, I got from Aratok. Okay. Yeah, so gotcha. I only went with the Storm Slinger, and then like okay. I just dropped it until. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. All right. So then you had to go. Did you go on the hunt with her for in the Valley Meet? Yeah, it was super easy. Yeah, like they were all pretty like so that like. For that and the Stormbird, I mean, they're, they're, they're pretty standard fights. But she's there. But she is so there. Uh, she doesn't say anything, like, too crazy. She's just, like, super excited. I 
I guess. The biggest thing about that one is there were bandits that were trying to fight me while I was talking to her. So you had the bandit music the whole time as she's talking. <laughs> for the Stormbird or for the... For the for Thunderjaw. The, uh, there were bandits there? Not bandits. Uh, Just like wandering bad guys. Really? Oh, okay. Yeah, because for... For the Stormbird, there she takes you back to like where Day Tower is. That's where she yeah. goes. And there we know that there's bandits there. You know, there's a wandering group of bandits there. I didn't realize there were a wandering group of bandits in the uh in in the the Valley, Valley Meet. Meet. Right. That's the first time I went to Valley Meet. This is literally the only thing I think you have to go to Valley Meet for. Well, you don't even have to go to Valley Meet for this. Yeah. Well, when I get there, she was, I don't know if she was already fighting him because he was already aggro. So I didn't oh. talk to her before I fought him. That did not happen. That didn't happen for the Stormbird. And the Stormbird, she's kind of just like hanging out. She's just hanging out. Yeah, no, that didn't happen <clears throat> for the Thunderjaw either. She was already fighting it or the bandits were fighting it or whatever. I didn't even notice they were there because I'm focusing on the Thunderjaw and they do like they they do like no damage. So right, yeah. I noticed because I was like, why did the music not stop? Because in the cutscene, they were standing behind her, like just standing behind her waiting for us to stop talking. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> That's really funny. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I had the ice reel, obviously, when I went to fire break. So I didn't have to. Yeah, I just got the Thunderjaw mandible from there. So, and then the only thing, yeah, I had to go to Day Tower to get the Stormbird down. Well, she doesn't really say anything interesting there either. I was hoping maybe she said something different when you did, did the Thunderjaw. So she just upgrades the weapon. Um, I mean, she has a little dialogue, but then she upgrades the weapon. I did have to go to the Jewel to get a Bellowback Snout because I forgot to pick the one up in Fire, in, in fire Break. That's right. See, I went to wherever that quest was, and it was it was so I just stealth killed the watcher that was there, I guess, and then like blew up his blaze sack. <laughs> That's what we're. Calling I didn't it. have when I went to they, like it didn't give me a quest marker for the Bellowback one. I just went someplace I knew they were. Oh yeah, it gave me a quest marker. I don't think it was in the jewel. I really I don't remember where it was. I think it was north, but not like. Yeah, I went in the jewel because I knew there there's something there. So, yeah, I think it was like east, northeast, but not in the sacred lands, northeast. Right. Yeah. So either way, once you get all of the uh, the components you need, she makes improvements to each gun. So the ice rail you have improved freezing and it shoots ice spikes, and plus like, each one it gives an additional coil slot that you can use, additional modification slot. Uh, and I don't like the ice, the secondary fire on the ice rail because it takes forever to charge that spike. Like yeah. you have that, that's like a move you'd want to do before you actually uh, start your attack. Like it's a starting at attack move. I thought I was doing it wrong. It was taking so long to form the ice in it. I, that's how I thought I was doing it wrong. I was fighting um enemies. I guess I'll say. I mean whatever i was fighting some stuff and i had them tied down and i was like oh i'm gonna use this ice spike and it's just taking forever to load and then finally it shoots i'm like i might as well just spray them with the ice <laughs> exactly yeah so so there was that the storm slinger just gets more powerful shots like it's just that's just it i don't even think it shoots faster i, I never, think it just has more powerful shots i never even used the other two i'll be honest 
So the Fire Forge I started using because of the 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 frost cause. And you get a more powerful flame and now it shoots fireballs too. I was so. pretty much done fighting frost claws when I upgraded it. That's the problem. I only had the um out of the forge quest to really finish. I got it pretty early. So anytime a frost claw popped up, oops, pulled it out. <laughs> you know. And that was that. So uh yeah, after you get all three weapons improved, she actually thanks you for the opportunity to uh to do the weapons. And uh, she gives you blue gleam and that's it. You 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 are done with Varga. So I hope she shows up again. Her and and, and Bergrind. I hope they both show up mm-hmm. in the Forbidden West. So I mean they're Osram, they'll go anywhere. Right. You know? So but uh yeah, there is one more errand, but I did not have a chance to complete it. <laughs> Only Christina did. This is the fi- fighting the five fire claws. It's I mean, it's not really too much to write home about. There's they're all kind of different. So you actually only have four spots you have to go to. And the first three spots, it's just one is just a fire claw by itself. One is a fire claw with like some tramplers and, and a couple of other things, which I've really messed that one up. I, I overrode the fire claw because I tied it down and I was like, oh, it's here. Might as well override it. And all of these machines that are here will do some damage. Yeah, that thing destroyed everything. And then I had to fight a full health <laughs> fire claw. So not a good idea. There was a there was another one that was like a I think there was a ravager. Yeah, there was an av- a ravager that was like going around and I just overrode the ravager and it did some damage to it. But the most interesting one is the final one that I went to. I don't know if it's the final one that you have to go to or like I, I don't know if like the final one that you go to does this or if it was just that specific one, but it spawns two fire claws and Aratok is there. And mm. it's like, oh, we have to stop meeting like this. And he's like, oh, we will once they are rid of our land. So he helps you fight them. And then at the end, he's like, yep, got to keep Cyan safe. She speaks as the shamans do only clear. She has the echo of like Araya or whatever. And then that's that's it from that. But then you have to go back and report back to Naltuk, which I guess you could have talked to him before this point because he talks about how it's a big uh, not a burden but like it's a lot to you know have to deal with taking Araya's footsteps and trying to be the shaman that that she was uh and Aloy's like you know I I have confidence in you I think you'll do and he's like you really believe that she's like yeah I wouldn't say that if I didn't but he was saying how his his last thing to do in Araya's name I guess is to find the fire claws and get rid of them so he has scouts out there looking for all of them and Aloy's like, well, took care of them, so you're good to go. Have fun, kid. And that was yeah. the, that was the whole quest. Yeah, that's just the one I was like, I'll, I'll get around to it, and then like just kind of ran out of time. So it's more yeah. annoying than anything because it's fire claws, right? But I wonder, I wonder if Artox says something different based on your response to Cyan with how they should handle them. I don't think so, because at the end of the quest, when you finish that, I don't even think he talks to Cyan again because he's uh, like the quest, the main quest of the area, because he's like, oh, we have to go deal with these fire claws. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, he says you have to deal with fire claws, but you know how he said that she talks like the shamans do? I wonder if that changes. Oh, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so, but I don't know. 
maybe if I have a chance once uh I get done forbidden west, I can go back and just do that quest <laughs> real quick. And uh, you know, maybe maybe let you know, hey, he does say something different. So But uh yeah, I mean that is it. That's all the errands and side quests. I mean, you obviously you can do the control towers, but I don't think anybody I don't, Aloy may say something once all the control towers are done, but I, I think maybe just get an achievement and, and that's it. So, but yeah, that is, that's the DLC. That's the whole thing. So the only thing we really have left with this part of the show before Forbidden West is there are a couple things we want to talk about uh, that we kind of skipped over. Like there's a side quest called Bren's House that we want to go back and talk about now that we have all of the story elements from this game. There, we do want to talk about the founding of Meridian. And we also want to talk more in depth about the vantage points because. I think, I don't know if we brought it up in the show, but we found out that the vantage points have these long text logs that kind of go along with them. So we're going to talk about that more in depth on the next episode. And then after that, that'll be our first episode for Forbidden West because it is it is out. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, that's going to be it. I'm not even going to ask Christina how she feels because she told me about that last time. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's the same. I mean, it's the same. Like we're, 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 we're done with Horizon Zero Dawn. We're moving on to Forbidden West after the next episode. And then that'll be that. So with that, I would like to thank everybody for listening. And uh, if you want to keep up with what's going on with this show and the Masters Buttons Network, you can uh, follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash the Mash Network. Uh, Christina, where can they find you? You can find me at S'mores Pop-Tart on Twitter and on Twitch. I'm also the host of a podcast on this network called Wondrous Tales, and it is a Final Fantasy XIV podcast where we talk about pretty much anything. So announcements, main story, whatever fun stuff we feel like. Yeah. And you can find me on Twitter at Josh Tradamus, as well as streaming on our Twitch channel sometimes at twitch.tv slash mash those buttons. Sometimes you get other unauthorized streams on that (laughs) channel as well. So I would definitely, you know, follow the channel and check it out and get a little surprise stream. <laughs> but um, like I said earlier, we'd love to hear what you have to say about the show, about the game. So please join us on our Discord at mash.gg slash Discord. And feel free to reach out to us and comment there and, and talk there. Or you can also reach out to us on Twitter or you can reach out to us just via email. Contact at mash.gg. If you enjoy the show, you want to help us out. One of the best ways to do that is to share the show with others and also to rate and review the show and pair of podcast platform of choice. And if you want to take your support a bit further, you can do that by going to mtb.gg slash support and see all the different ways you can support matches buttons, including Patreon. Uh, we have a Teespring store. Uh, we have Twitch subscriptions available, uh, Humble Bundle affiliate links, and one-time PayPal donations. Uh, available so i encourage you guys to stay tuned after the show to hear more about mash those buttons and with that we'll see you on the next episode see ya Thanks for listening to a Mash Those Buttons production. If you enjoyed the show, you should check out MashThoseButtons.com and see if any of our other shows might interest you. All of our shows are available on your podcast platform of choice like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. If you enjoy our content, you can help support Mash Those Buttons by becoming a patron at Patreon.com slash MashThoseButtons, where you can receive Patreon bonuses for as little as $1 a month. 
You can connect with Mash Those Buttons at twitter.com slash the Mash Network, facebook.com slash Mash Those Buttons, or join our Discord at mash.gg slash Discord. 